Hello, friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus. Hallelujah. Right here on our website. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, we invite you to just take some time out of the busyness of this holiday season to celebrate the holy day of Christ's birth and His His purpose in coming to our planet, to our world coming from heaven and condescending to come down and take on flesh and to go to the cross in our behalf. The great gift of Christmas, of course, is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The greatest gift of Christmas is Jesus Christ. So I want to talk to you today and teach a little bit and, of course, preach a little bit on describing the indescribable gift. It sounds like a contradiction, but when we get into this study, I believe you'll understand why I've chosen this for a title of this teaching, Describing the Indescribable Gift. Now, we know we can't describe the gift if it's indescribable, but we can tell you why that the gift is indescribable. And in that sense, we're going to describe the indescribable gift today. And I pray that it will be something that will cause us to take pause again in the busyness of the holiday. And I'm going to celebrate the holiday. And there will be a food at a celebration, of course, good food and things like pumpkin pie and things like turkey or, or whatever you choose, ham. <laughs> Thank God it's been sanctified. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah through the word and prayer. Amen. Now, I'm going to enjoy the holiday, but I know that this is way more than what the world is celebrating. Praise God. This is the greatest gift of all, the unspeakable gift of God's own Son to die for us. Amen. 2 Corinthians 9.15. This is a reason for constant thanksgiving, by the way. And it simply says, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. In the actual Greek, it means indescribable, without words. You see, the great Apostle Paul, whom God allowed to write 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, was at a loss for words to describe the value of the gift of God's own Son as the means of our salvation. Hallelujah. So the first thing I want to talk to you about today is... God's gift of indescribable love. The supreme message of Christmas is that God loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son to save us. This is Christmas, according to Frank McKibben. This is Christmas, not the tinsel, not the giving and receiving, not even the carols, but the humble heart that receives anew the wondrous gift of Jesus Christ. You see, God's love in Christ is indescribable love. It's love that passes knowledge, therefore. Ephesians three fourteen through 19 brings this out so clearly. Listen to it. For this cause... I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you, 
according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened by might, by His Spirit, in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, <laughs> that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Well, friend, if this is love that passes knowledge, you can't know it through simply mental assimilation. You have to experience it. And the Bible says that, that the love of God is shed abroad initially in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I like the paraphrase. It says, when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees. I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you the mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep that love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. You see, we can experience what we cannot mentally get our, as they put it in modern, modern language, I can't wrap my head around this. I can't fully assimilate it mentally, but I can experience it. Hallelujah. The love of God, you see, dear friend, is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. It says, then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Our best illustration to help us begin to grasp the enormity of God's love is and always will be the cross. I like what Oswald Chambers wrote, and I quote, In the cross we may see the dimensions of divine love. The cross is not the cross of a man, but the exhibition of the heart of God. At the back of the wall of the world stands God with his arms outstretched, and every man driven there is driven into the arms of God. The cross of Jesus is the supreme evidence of the love of God. You see, friend, this gift this unspeakable gift represents unsurpassable, unconditional love. It is the cornerstone of the Christian faith in its personified in Jesus Christ. It is consummated at the cross. The Apostle Paul used the truth of God's love gift to encourage us to trust Him for all our needs. I call this the logic of the cross. I talk about it. I preach about it. I want to shout it to you today. Romans 8 and verse 32. He that spared not his own son, 
but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Praise God. If he gave you the greatest gift that could ever be given, the indescribable gift of God's own Son to be delivered up, to go to the cross in our behalf. How can He not, if He's given us the best and the greatest that He could possibly give, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Amen. God is not going to withhold any good thing from us because He's given the greatest gift of all already to us. And you can trust Him for everything that He's purposed and everything that He has promised in your life and mine. Praise God. Jesus came to the manger so that He could go to the cross to take our place to pay the penalty for our sin. I like what George Adams said about this. He said, let us remember that the Christmas heart is a giving heart, a wide open heart that thinks of others first. The birth of the baby Jesus stands as the most significant event in all history because it was meant the pouring into a sick world of the healing medicine of love which has transformed all manner of hearts for almost 2,000 years. Underneath all the bulging bundles in this beating Christian heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Listen, friend of mine, God's love surpasses knowledge, but it can be experienced. That's why in First John it said we've known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. And it goes on to say that that perfect love cast out all fear. And when all fear is cast out, then peace rules and reigns in our heart and in our life. And God's peace is indescribable. It's a peace that passes understanding. Once again, we can theologically explain some of these things, but you must experience it for yourself. That's why the old timers used to say it's better felt than telt. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I can tell you about what Jesus can do for you. From the Word of God, I can tell you accurately, theologically, but personally, I can tell you how I have experienced that and the life-changing experience of that God encounter where that love is experienced and that peace begins to rule and reign in my heart and in my mind. Listen to Philippians 4, 6, 7, and let's look at this together. It said, be careful for nothing. I literally don't worry about anything. I know what you're thinking. That's impossible. We got more reason to worry now in the last days, in the t- time of, of trouble that the perilous times would bring than any time in the history of the world and the church. We may have more reason to worry, but we have more of a reason to trust Him than to give way to the fear that creates that worry. Listen to what it says once again. Philippians 4, 6, if you are a Christian, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. With thanksgiving, thanks be unto God. 
for the unspeakable gift. Praise God. Before you begin to pray about your pressure and your problems, thank Him for the gift of Jesus. Because this is the source of your peace in the time of trouble. Amen. Listen. And the peace of God, verse 7, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. The peace of God which passes all understanding. One translation says simply it transcends understanding. Praise God. Amen. This is a transcendent peace. It's not, it, 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 you can have peace in your mind, but you can't have peace in your mind until you have peace with God and it begins to be experienced in your heart. I like the paraphrase here too. It says, far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Listen, because of God's great gift of his son, we can have peace with God. And cause, because we have peace with God, we've been reconciled unto Him, and the enmity is gone, we can experience the peace of God in our hearts and then in our minds. Michelle Hardy tells the story, Advent was one week away, so we thought we'd see what the children remembered from our family devotions a year before. Who can tell me what the four candles in, in the Advent window represent, I ask. Luke jumped in with, a, with seven-year-old wisdom and exuberance. There's love, joy, peace, and, and I know, I know, six-year-old Elise interrupted to finish her brother's sentence. Peace and quiet. Amen. Friend of mine, there won't be a lot of peace and quiet in this world, this Advent season, this Christmas season. Peace and quiet may be exactly what we're looking for. And and in a few days, uh, <laughs> amen, Christmas is going to be here, and I guarantee you the world is not going to know peace and quiet on that wonderful day. However, the peace that Jesus offers is lasting peace. And the quietness is a quiet assurance in our souls. And the message of John the Baptist, one day Jesus will bring peace to this chaotic world. But today, he wants to bring peace to our souls. I've said it before, I want to say it again today. If God doesn't speak to the storm and say, peace be still. And the, the circumstance like the sea that he spoke to become immediately calm. One thing for sure, he will speak to the storm that the, with, within your heart and mind that the storm without has created. And when he speaks to your heart, peace be still. <laughs> and you experience the peace that passes all understanding. The storm can rage on without, but you will have the, the quiet peace and quiet assurance that all is well because there's a sense that God's got this. God is in control when everything seems to be out of control. 
I like what the Logos International Bible Commentary says about the peace promised through Jesus coming into our world. It says the birth of the Lord means peace on earth, but only for those on whom his favor rests. Indeed, the Savior's birth is a meaningless gesture by the appraisal of many persons. But for those people who receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord, they find the peace that can only come from the favor and the grace of God. Have you ever wondered about that? What a good explanation here. The message of the angels was peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Did peace come when Jesus laid in that manger? Did peace even come when Jesus died on the cross and rose again? No. And the, and the last days is marked with less peace than ever. Wars and rumors of wars, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. For the wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast of mire and dirt, the scripture said. There is no Peace saith God unto the wicked. Ah, but there is peace to those that will repent of their wickedness, repent of the sins that they have committed, and receive Jesus as their Savior. For we can be reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. And when we have peace with God, we can experience the peace of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, if we repent of our sin, receive Jesus as our Savior, we can have peace in the chaos, peace in the crisis, peace no matter what the circumstance, peace that cancels fear, a mighty peace, a warrior peace that is provided by Jesus himself. And that brings us not only to the unspeakable gift of his love, but the indescribable gift of his peace. Can you say man today? It is a peace that passes all understanding, but it is viable. It is very, very real. And it is available to you and me as children of God today. And if you don't know Jesus today, before this, this broadcast is over, before this teaching is over, you can repent of your sin, receive him as your savior. And the moment that you come to Christ and you're reconciled to God, that peace will begin to become more prevalent in your life than any fear, any worry, anything that is troubling you right now. I remember hearing the testimony. I think I said this maybe last week, but I remember the testimony of a very, very rich man. And before he come, came to Christ as his Savior, he said, I could buy a suite of rooms in an expensive hotel somewhere in the world. It may have been Dubai, one of these places where the extravagance is beyond our understanding. <laughs> and, and, and that you can purchase things of such indescribable almost, uh, 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 you know, to our understanding, I can't imagine a $10,000 suite of rooms to have one to stay one night on a business trip. He said, I could do that, but I couldn't buy one good night's sleep. 
He had no peace. Just like the scripture said, there is, is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. But there is peace, peace to those that will receive the unspeakable gift. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we receive the indescribable gift of God's Son, to take our place on the cross, we can de- we can receive the indescribable gift of peace that passes all understanding. And then God's joy in Christ is indescribable, for it is joy unspeakable. Look at verse Peter 1, 7 through 9. He said that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, (laughs) in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. One translation says, inexpressible and glorious joy. You see, friend, the kingdom of God, according to the scriptures, is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, being right with God, reconciled, a relationship where the enmity is taken away. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness. And because we're right with God and we have peace with God, it is peace. And then because we have peace with God and reconciled to God, we can have fellowship with God. And in his presence, what does the scripture say? Is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, hallelujah, is pleasure forevermore. In fact, the Bible said in the new covenant, through this new relationship available to us through Christ, Hallelujah, that we joy in God through Jesus Christ, irrepressible and inexpressible and glorious joy. The Amplified says, in experiencing and glorious, triumphant, heavenly joy. Amen. It's righteousness, it's peace, and the Bible said of it, It is joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. For the Christian, for the believer. Since the scriptures teach that the joy of the Lord is our strength, it is essential to our victory. Because we can have peace with God, we can have fellowship with one another. In His presence is fullness of joy. And this joy is indescribable because it is spiritual, supernatural joy. Praise God. With Jesus' entrance into each life, He comes bearing the gift of joy. Someone wrote, and I want to close with this today. Men have pursued joy in every avenue imaginable. Some have successfully found it, while others have not. And when I say found it, I meant temporary joy, not lasting joy. 
Perhaps it would be easier to describe where joy cannot be found, can't be found in unbelief. Voltaire was an infidel of the most pronounced type, and he wrote, I wish I had never been born. It's not therefore in pleasure. Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure, if anyone did, and he wrote, The worm, the canker, and the grief are mine alone. Not in money. Jay Gould, the American millionaire, had plenty of that. When dying, he said, and I quote, I suppose I'm the most miserable man on earth. It's not in position and fame. Lord Beaconsfield enjoyed more than his share of both, and he wrote, Youth is a mistake, manhood a struggle, old age a regret. Not in military glory, Alexander the Great conquered the known world in his day, and having done so, he wept in his tent before he said there are no more worlds to conquer. Where then is real joy found? The answer is simple, in Jesus Christ alone. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can rediscover this Christmas season the gift of joy unspeakable. This Christmas joy (laughs) is indispensable to our victory and happiness. Don't miss it by not entering in to the presence of God, not just this Christmas day, but every day of our life. Opening the door of our heart to Christ who stands and knocks and calls us by name and seeks fellowship with us. Amen. We'll allow God to do this wonderful work in our behalf. Don't let the three most common words of Christmas, love, joy, and peace, become meaningless and commonplace. Let's seek the Lord in His fullness and let's sustain this peace and this joy and this love and let the world see the kingdom in us and through us. Again, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness. It is peace. And it is joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Well, I want to use this opportunity today to encourage you as a Christian to revisit this wonderful, wonderful gift of Jesus. And not let it just become a given. Let it become that that it truly is. A gift that is beyond description because of how precious and how powerful it is. Amen. Think about it for a minute. We used to sing the song, Roll Back the Curtain of Memory Now and Then and Show Me Where You Took Me From and Where I Might Have Been. Listen, and He needs to show us more than where we might have been in our earthly life if we hadn't come to Christ the sin and its consequences here in this world. Maybe even death if we were, if you were an addict or an alcoholic, a premature death or, or imprisonment if you, if you're part of that, that, uh, a lawless attituded person. But friend of mine, if the consequences go far beyond the temporal 
consequences of this physical material world. It's where you would spend eternity. The song says, where would I be without Jesus and where would I spend eternity? Going to heaven instead of hell, friend. (laughs) Is there any way to describe how important that is, how wonderful that is, how wondrous, how beyond description Eternal bliss and joy in God's presence instead of eternal banishment and punishment. Oh, the gift that God has given us in Christ and the gift that He gave us when He gave Himself for us on the cross and the gift of salvation and the assurance, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation and purchase of God. Hallelujah. Born of his spirit and washed in his blood. Oh, dear friend today, what we have in Jesus, what I've tried to describe to you is indescribable. And I've described just how indescribable And the Bible has described just how indescribable this gift truly is. So regardless of your financial condition, your material wealth, if you've come to Christ as your Savior, today you are rich beyond any imagination. Hallelujah. This is the true riches the world is grasping after the temporal and material and many parts of the church world beginning to grasp after the same things, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for fulfillment with all the wrong things. Ah, but if we seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all these things we need will be given to us. And having food and raiment, and the undescribable gift of Jesus. We should be content, and we should be the happiest people on planet earth. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray this Christmas season that you will receive the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, you'll repent of your sin receive Jesus as your Savior and celebrate the greatest Christmas with the greatest Christmas gift that you've ever had run to him come to him in Jesus name 